Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to episode 117 of Beyond the Rut Podcast, the weekly podcast about equipping and inspiring you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of beyond the rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry Dugan, and in just a moment, Brendan is going to get back onto the microphone and have a chat with us about presents. Presents. Not Christmas presents or birthday presents, presents, but like having presents. Like uh, being there. Present yourself. Yeah, how you present yourself. That's what we're talking about. Uh, There was a book I read by Amy Cuddy called Presents. So there we go. Amy. Yeah. We don't know her personally, but oh yeah, it's a good book. Remember that time we hung out with her, though? That was cool. Amy Cuddy? Yeah, when she was talking about writing a book, and she said, hey guys, if I ever write this book, I'll be sure and give y'all credit, because y'all totally inspired me to write it. You know, do you remember that, Amy? Amy? Yeah, we're from your life before the accident you had that <laughs> yeah. caused the brain You forgot injury. all about us? Yeah, yeah. Now, don't ask your friends if you actually knew us or not. Because we didn't associate with them. Just, just take you. our word for it. <laughs> That's what we'll do. <laughs> yeah. uh, Presence is such a great topic, especially considering, you know, we have a, we have a laptop, we have microphones and, and phones and just a million other things that could distract us. And being present in the moment is so much more valuable to other people than yeah. I think we realize sometimes. And we've all looked at, you know, especially if you have kids, you've looked around your living room and everybody's on their phone and nobody's talking, but the TV's on. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow we need all of this input at the <laughs> same time. And, and we're not really engaging in each other. One thing that I've found is, has been really valuable is uh, we took my grandson who's two to uh, dinner last night. And when you, when you're with him, you can't pull out your phone because if you pull out your phone, he wants it. Oh yeah. And he will break it because he's two, but, and he has grubby little hands. I love him to death, but you know, it's sticky little fingers. So you, you can't pull out your phone. You have to engage in him. And that, that kind of is a reminder that be present in the moment. (laughs) And Amy's book is all about how to show up in such a way that people believe in you. They connect with you. They trust you. And, and so th- those are some of the key things too, you know, showing up. And we heard Lisa Reynolds talk about it on episode 75. When you, when you show up, show your best authentic self. So be you, right. be authentic and show the best of you, uh, which also includes being vulnerable. So it's kind of mm-hmm. neat. Like it wasn't like the best self, like only the good things, but the best you in terms of the true authentic you. Right. And, and so there were some things that, um, in fact, one study in particular, it's, it's shared early on in the book, and I'm just going to go to my notes real quick because I want to get the name correct. It was a research uh, study done by Lakshmi uh, Balachandra. And we have no idea if you got that right, but we'll give you credit for it. If she calls us with some hate mail that we mispronounced her name, then we'll know we got it wrong. But uh, Lakshmi uh, Balachandra uh, did a study on uh, venture capitalists you know, and, and specifically people who requested funding from venture capitalists. She noticed that there were some things that people did consistently across the board that uh, wound wound up resulting in money being awarded. And then there were things that people didn't have that these other folks did that was consistent with them not getting the, the funding from venture capitalists. And the three things they narrowed it down to were confidence. Did the person yep. making the pitch have confidence 
did they have, um, what was their comfort level? Mm-hmm. And did they have passionate enthusiasm? Uh, and Amy says those three things are basically presence. Right. You know, if you want to succeed and, and you want to succeed by having presence that is impactful, those are the three components. So confidence was around, uh, your physical stature, your vocal, um, projection. Uh, it, and then comfort level was around how comfortable, how easily could you convey the ideas that you had? Right. And then, uh, passionate enthusiasm, of course, is, you know, did you really seem to have do belief? You care? Yeah. Do you care? Do you <laughs> seem to have belief in your own thing that you're pitching or are you just up there kind of timidly sharing things and you're not quite sure it's going to work out? I like Shark Tank. You, you, you know, you watch yeah. Shark Tank and you see people come on there and they're like, so, you know, what, what's your, what, how much have you invested in this company so far? And they're like, well, you know, some, somewhere between, you know, uh, like 20,000 and 2.5 million. It's like, well, wait a minute. That's not very confident. If you don't know for sure, they yeah. want, they want some good answers. If you stammer before you spit out the information, I would, I would add a, a, fourth thing to that and i would actually put it first is you know honoring the people you're with you know don't waste their time with extra information that doesn't matter and show that confidence and and that comfort level and that passion but honor those people you know you got to be on time you got to answer the questions asked and and don't add 500 other things that are irrelevant because venture capitalists especially they don't have time to waste (laughs) so they want to know the story can i make money is this a good product and i want to move on yeah and this could apply to if you're pitching an idea to your supervisor at work if you are a salesperson and you're trying to convey some options to your clients Mm -hmm. um even at family discussions, you know, if you're planning a vacation, there are some, some things you can apply here that helps your family feel at ease that this new venture you're going to take them on or adventure is going to be worthwhile and memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, going back to confidence. Uh, so around your physical projection, your vocal projection, she was really big on like power poses and Isn't that what that is. A power yeah, pose? yeah. She called it the wonder woman pose. Uh, it, it's your hands on your hips or your fists on your hips and you're standing like wonder woman. And I, I felt weird saying it that way. So I'll just call it the superhero pose. There you um, go. And, and it's the kind of pose like you stand your, with your feet like shoulder width apart. And you have your hands on your hips with, you know, you know, balled up in fists. You can even have them just sitting there open. Don't leave and, them there. And if, if you start. really got to throw them the cape, I guess you could, but that, that really wasn't a, a required component. Uh, the other thing you do is like in the army, we call it superstar. You just, you have your hands up in the air at a V shape, like the mm-hmm. victory. Yeah. Uh, that also, uh, will boost confidence. And it turns out these things, uh, these two poses I just talked about are linked to some studies that just by posing like that cause cancer. No, it boosts <laughs> testosterone. So men, uh, stand up right now and put your hands on your hips, there you go. your feet shoulder width apart. There you go. I would say You're welcome. A real practical <laughs> place to use this too is in job interviews. I've been doing a lot of job yes. interviews lately cause we're, we're growing and growing at, at my company. And, and when somebody comes in and they're not confident in themselves, and I always try to kind of get them at ease. And I know that's a little bit of a stressful situation, but if you're not confident in you, why would I be, you know, if you're not selling yourself, why would I buy? 
Yeah. And, and so you have to come with a certain amount of confidence. The other thing is, like I said, honor the people that you're talking to. Don't tell a story from 500 years ago and give me every detail mm-hmm. because they're not relevant to the job and don't waste my time. You're still bitter about that guy who came to set the alarm, I'm, huh? I'm telling you, he, <laughs> it literally lost an hour this morning of him telling a story that did not matter. And, and all the details could have been summed up and I'll take care of this and then leave. But you yeah, know, the part of that honor too is beyond time. You know, people who are late for meetings, even if it's a casual lunch or, you know, we're just going to get together for uh, a cup of coffee or whatever, be on time. No matter what it is, it's especially the more important you are. If you run the company or you're somebody's boss or you're barely high up in an organization, yeah. you should absolutely be early because that just flows down to everybody else. If I can be late, everybody under me can be late and, and you're teaching them that that's okay. And when you come in, apologize for being late. If you're late, don't make an excuse. You know, I, I would have been here today, Jerry, on time, but you know, I, I was on the phone. All that tells me or tells you is whoever I was talking to on the phone was more important than you. Yeah. Instead of coming in, you know, I'm really sorry, Jerry. I did not honor your time and be here on time. I'll do better next time. And that just makes more of an honoring statement to the person that you're meeting with. And it shows that you're taking responsibility. Yeah. Don't blame the car, the kids, the traffic, whatever. Just, you know, you should have left earlier. You should have done something to be here on time. Yeah. And that ties back into that uh, vulnerable, authentic best self. I mean, I, I've had people show up late to meetings with me and they try to play it off like it was not their fault or that they're so awesome that I should feel privileged that I had to wait 15 minutes for them or yep. 10 minutes for them to show up late and tell me how awesome they are. And if they had just, and that kind of irks me, it's like, mm-hmm. you are no better than me. I am no better than you. Why did you come in here with airs uh, like that? But if they had come in and said, Jerry, exactly what you had said, I am, I'm sorry. I showed up late. I didn't honor our time agreement. Uh, hopefully you can forgive me. We can, we can move forward and I'll do my best to, to not do that next time. Right. And, and just take the responsibility, apologize for it, move on. That vulnerability would build trust with me. So I, I love that you brought that up and added it as possibly a fourth thing in having presence. Uh, of course, preferably you show up on time and this isn't an issue in the first place. Right. And don't be one of those. I'm always late. I'm just always late. It's like, that's stupid. Yeah. That means you respect nobody. Yeah. I I respect (laughs) nobody on this planet is as important as I am. What were you doing? I was watching Netflix. I'm just, I'm just never get up and go someplace on time. Well, that's ridiculous. There's no excuse for that kind of attitude because if you had an appointment to meet with, you know, the president, uh, either of your company or the country or, you know, a really, really important meeting, you would absolutely be early. Oh, yeah. Treat everybody like that. And don't let somebody say, well, you know, that Jerry, he's just always late. There's there's somebody had texted me the other day. We, I was heading to their house and they said, just let me know when you're on your way. And I, my reply was, I said I'd be there at six. I will be there at six. Yeah. Probably five till six. <laughs> but I don't need to tell you I'm on my way. I promise I'm going to yeah. be there. But they are the kind of people that are always late, so they just assume I'm leaving my house at 6. Yeah. And that's not happening. No, not at all. (laughs) So be on time. Tied back, going back to confidence. uh, So we talked about some of the physical things. And by by the way, those power poses we talked about would be helpful if you're going into a job interview. Just Absolutely. Go to the bathroom before your interview. Go to the bathroom. Go to a a stall if you want that privacy. And just stand with that superhero pose for about two minutes is what they say. 
and better and, be early yeah. if you're going to do that. And it actually adjusts your your brain chemistry. Your your cortisol, uh, which is the the stress hormone, will drop a little bit, and your testosterone will peak up a little bit. So that kind of improves your your confidence, the way you carry yourself. And then voice was another thing. Voice projection. I I hate it when somebody walks into a room and they have zero voice volume. And I'm and I can be a soft spoken person, but it's usually when I'm tired. And maybe it's an army thing. Like you got to be able to yell over gunfire. You got to be able to yell over cannon fire. And so there's no room in the army for somebody who's soft spoken. You've Mm got to be able to speak up and then you got to shut it off. And so speak loud enough to be heard and then shut it off. Um, And you got to be able to do that when you're speaking, but speak with kind of a variation of volume. Uh, So it's not just, speaking rapidly all the time turns out that's not a power thing being able to slow down being comfortable enough to take pauses right that turns out to be the more confident thing it seems takes a while to learn that as a public speaker too that you have to take pauses yeah you have to change your rhythm as you speak because i know you know obviously speaking on weekends and stuff it, it it's hard sometimes you speak too fast because you have all this information you want to convey, but you have to learn and it takes a long time to kind of learn this, or at least it did for me is you've got to create a pace that allows people to absorb that information because otherwise you're just speaking so fast. They're yeah. not picking up on what you're saying. And I would also add to what you said, you know, when you walk into a room, announcing yourself, introducing yourself needs to be made in a way that they understand what you said. Oh, yeah. Don't walk into a room. I'm sorry. What? If I have to ask what your name was, you didn't pronounce it well. And don't try to speak as they're speaking. Let them speak first and then, you know, let that pause be in there. It's okay. Because most people are like, I know what my name is. I don't know your name. So I'm listening for it. I'm hoping for it. (laughs) Make it a moment separate from everything else. That's actually a pet peeve of mine, by the way, when somebody introduces him or herself and it's just a blur of sound. I'm like, I understood none of that. And so then I feel like the old man who can't hear. I'm like, I'm sorry, what was that? Exactly. And another trick is repeat their name. Yeah. Can you just hold up your name tag for me? (laughs) At that point, I'm like, can you just hold up your name? I mean, you pretty much lost the first impression with me. And um, can you you hold up the name tag? Okay. So your name is John Smith and you are a coordinator for such and such program. Right. Why didn't you just say that? <laughs> uh, in any case, uh, so presence, uh, the physical presence. Uh, and when you're in the room, I mean, don't go walking into a room like a, a schmuck with your hands on your hips. Because when you're power posing in front of people, yeah. that comes off very jerkish. My so, name's Brendan. Good to meet yeah. you all. <laughs> so you do want to do some of those power poses like the, the superhero one, the victory one, away from people. And then when you're in the presence of other people, you know, just sit up straight, stand up straight. So good posture is huge. And then, you know, big gestures when you make them and then bring your hands back to your sides uh, when you're not making big hand gestures. And then even just when you're sitting at a table, uh, sitting back a little bit, you know, not to the point where you're propping your feet up because that's too much of a power pose. Right. But, you know, sitting back, showing that you're relaxed, uh, you're poised. I know they say, you know, sit forward a little bit to show you're engaged. Right. It has the... uh unintended consequence of also looking less confident. 
Right. So if you do it for too long, it's like, well, you're hunched over and you're kind of going inward. So we tend to go inward <laughs> when we're nervous. We also tend to cover our crotches when we're nervous. Hmm. It's a biological thing. Dogs <laughs> do it by tucking their tail between their legs. Humans do it by going fig leaf. They cover their crotches. Hmm. Or women, they'll cover one, one hand will cover the crotch and the other hand will cover the breasts. Hmm. I learned that through uh, Ben and Jill Decker's uh, public speaking program. Ben and Jerry's? Uh, no, Ben and Ben and Jill. <laughs> it, it was public speaking. Not they don't serve Ben and Jerry's at their things, and they're losing communication an coaching. So the second thing in presence was comfort level, the ease at which you can communicate your information. Prop your feet up, lay down. Uh, more like nap, you actually know your stuff. Have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where preparation comes in. If you're going to pitch, you got to know your stuff. Don't just go in there and wing it. I, I do public speaking for a living. I facilitate training and it drives me nuts when a presenter shows up and I already know they've blown off all the training opportunities we put together, all the practice sessions. They've blown all those off because they've said to me, I'll just be able to wing it when I get there. I know this. I'm good. Yeah. And then they start talking and all they do is ramble for 45 minutes Mm -hmm. and everybody in the room is thinking, what the heck is this? Why, why are we here? Do I need to be in this room? Does that person belong up there? And it's because they, and then they can't answer any questions. You ask them a question and they just sort of circumlocute. They talk around the issue and it's like, because they right. didn't prepare the data. They didn't prepare their knowledge around the topic. They just showed up and started talking. And you can always tell a good public speaker is one that's prepared because they're relaxed and it's much yeah. easier to relax. If you know the material, you know, it's sometimes in, in speaking on Sundays, it's like what somebody will say, well, that just comes so easy for you. It's like, yeah, it's super easy. I practice constantly and I write it and rewrite it and edit it yeah. and learn it and, and memorize it because I want it to look easy because that means that I've done the work ahead of time. It's like, you know, any athlete will tell you they go through so many reputation repetitions of the exact same thing. So when it happens, it looks natural. It looks exactly. like they didn't even think about it yeah. because they don't, they react, they teach their body to react in situations rather than them think about it. And this goes back to your, your example of shark tank, the TV show shark tank. And what we don't see on TV is what happens before the interview starts. We see them walk in. We see them, you know, say hello. Hi, sharks. Yeah. And they say, hi, sharks. And then they go into their pitch. But something that goes on before that moment. So between the moment when they walk in and the moment when they say hi to the panel, they stand there. And it could be five minutes. I heard it could be upwards of 30 minutes. And they just stand there. They're told to stand there. And the sharks are just looking at them. No questions, no pleasantries, no small talk. It's just the panel of sharks staring at you before you make your pitch. And they're looking at your comfort level, which ties back into the confidence piece. Are you standing there stoically, confidently, comfortably, or are you starting to go inward? Are you starting to cover your crotch? Are you starting to like, cross your arms and huddle up a little bit, or you stand there confidently like, you know what? I'm going to share something with these guys that's going to blow their socks off. And so when they finally say, go ahead and speak, that's when those two pieces come together. Your confidence and your comfort level come together. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, 
into Capshow and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Right. And it's it's important, too, when you're, like, in your job in training and when you're teaching as either the expert or at least a, you know, subject matter expert to some extent, people expect you to be confident and comfortable because otherwise they think, well, you don't really know what you're talking yeah. about. You probably Googled this or you read a book and now you're up here just telling me what's good. And I and, come across subject matter experts who are nervous about going in front of an audience who doesn't know what that person knows. Right. Yeah. And, and you're like, like, you're the expert. Yeah. Like it's, it's like a pastor told me a long time ago, when you're pronouncing names from the Bible, you can just say whatever you want because yeah. 90% of the people in there have no <laughs> idea how to pronounce it anyway. The truth is out there, everybody. Right. You just make it sound like you knew what you're pronouncing it right. And what it'll do is most people that even had an idea will think, well, I guess I've been saying that wrong all this time. And, you know, if you're from East Texas, like me, you say things that don't, you don't pronounce everything great. And I got accused once of saying that Jesus is the center in your life instead of the center of your life. And oh no, an English teacher <laughs> came up to me and told me I needed to pronounce that a little bit better. But watch how you pronounce things. And it's kind of like we've talked about in other ap- episodes. You've got to be accountable and, and share this message with other people. Do it yeah. in front of other people. You know, whenever I was learning to preach and we were coming up, uh, Pastor John would always have us do the message in front of him or the, the other staff members or something, because then you find things in it that, that you can change or improve. Mm-hmm. And so like Shark Tank, these people didn't show up and that's the first time they've ever said anything like yeah. that. They've repeated this message probably hundreds of times because they want to make sure that it makes sense and yeah. it flows. And I'm not adding things that don't need to be added and I'm not leaving things out that need to be put back in. And they've said these pitches to smaller audiences. Absolutely. The only thing different is their cameras on and a national audience. We're going to pick them apart too. lights. And, yes. You know, this is Mark Cuban. <laughs> and like. uh, now that kind of leads me into the third component of Lakshmi's uh, study around people making pitches to uh, venture capitalists. And that is... Uh, passionate enthusiasm and what that really means is do you actually believe in what you're sharing yeah so you had confidence uh, you have comfort level but then passionate enthusiasm are you speaking in such a way that conveys to everybody else you truly genuinely believe in your skill sets in your product and your services Right. And that's not saying what you're doing is perfect. It's saying that you believe in this first generation of whatever it is you're doing. You know, I always make the analogy, no one has an iPhone one and it was the greatest phone ever invented until iPhone two came out and then three and four and five. And so you have to believe in where you're at right now and believe that what you bring into the table has value, I think. Exactly. And, and you can't come in and go, you know, this is the version I have, but you know, the next version, it's going to have all kinds of better stuff. It's not going to have this thing and that thing and, and start to tear it down yourself because that's their job. Cause I'll either wait or I'll go to your competitor. Right. Yeah. And instead, I want to look at your product or, or speech or whatever it is you're talking about and think that you believe it. Maybe I should too. 
Yeah. Maybe I disagree with it. Maybe I don't. And we've kind of gotten in this society where I'll just call you names rather than, than argue on the facts and the merits of the case. And we've got to learn how to do that. You've got to be prepared for that, that somebody's going to say, well, you're just stupid. Well, okay. That, that has no basis. So I've got an education, (laughs) so there's no way that's true. But if I can tear your argument down factually and say, well, you know, you forgot this, this, and this, and if you really did this, this, and this, then you've got an honest discussion. Yeah. And you need to be prepared for that. Yeah. Ignore the people that say, well, you're just stupid. It's like, well, I went to school, so I don't worry about those kind of comments. Yeah. And responding to those kind of comments kind of requires all three of those elements to come together. Right. To have the comfort level, to have the confidence, and then have that passion to say, you know what, I understand where you're coming from. I've heard those arguments before. Uh, here's my counter to that, or here's right. my perspective on that. Uh, now, we've all heard the phrase, fake it till you make it. And I believe in Amy's book, Amy Cuddy's book, she talks about fake it till you believe it, uh, because you got to believe it. However, early on in the book, though, when we're talking about presence, what is presence, these three components, uh, she actually says uh, those three things we've just been talking about, confidence, comfort level, and passionate enthusiasm, one thing that came out of Lakshmi's uh, study was that those three things cannot be faked. Right. If if you want to convey your actual presence authentically, confidently, you can't fake it. Right. You just got to be it. You you can do some temporary faking. You know, you can pretend like you're confident, but it just like you know, walking up and and talking to a, a girl that you always wanted to ask out, or applying for a job, or you know, taking a chance on something. You can have that, you know, thirty to sixty seconds of fake confidence till you get there and just make that move. But then you've got to have something backing that up. Oh yeah, because you know, one of the things that you'll see a lot of times on Shark Tank is they'll say, "Well, you know, I, I really like what you said, Jerry. I think that all makes sense." What, how do you feel about going in this direction? And and that can totally throw you for a loop if you don't have real confidence in oh, your yeah. product or idea to be able to say, well, I can see that as an option or not an option or whatever. And real confidence can only get you past there. Yes. You can fake it all the way up to that moment. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. I'm not ready for that question. Yeah. They'll either just hold on to their, their piece but timidly, right? or they'll say, you know what, that's something we'd love to look into. We don't have any data on that, but if you come on board, maybe we could look into that with some more depth and some more data. And, and if they say, well, I've done it before, I'm like, all right, yeah. And that's important. <laughs> have some response other than no. Yeah. You know, it's okay to say, you know what, let me find out. I'm not sure, but let me yeah. find out and, and I'll get back to you. Oh, I'm yeah. not an expert on every aspect of everything I'm talking about. Give me a chance to go do yeah. a little bit of research. This episode and maybe the last one have really helped me identify some of my pet peeves because another pet peeve of mine is when somebody doesn't know the answer to something, they just make it up. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I could totally tell you're making that up because I know the wrong answer is what you just said. And that's not the policy because I've got the policy right here. I've got the solution right here. I just need you to see it or I need you to contact your manager to, to be on board uh, because you're obviously just going to make up stuff until I go away. And that's not cool. I've got a great story that back in when the kids were like, I think in third grade or something, we went out to the National Seashore and they've got this big, huge box with all these fossils and things found okay. in it. And I was one of the parent kind of chaperones or whatever and the teachers are kind of standing back there and this whole box is surrounded by like 20 or 30 maybe 40 kids and they're picking (laughs) up things hey what's this and i'm just making up names oh that's from the you know fossil 
uh, time period, but it's really from a T-Rexosaurus. And, oh, okay. And they're putting it down. And they're picking things. What's that from? That's from a gerasol, and uh, that was probably about 200 B.C. Oh, okay, cool. And they're setting it down. Well, a couple of the teachers start getting these smiles on their faces because they figure out really quick, A, none of the names I'm using are even real, but I'm <laughs> rattling them off so quick. Every kid around this box thought I was an expert on these fossils, and uh. every adult behind them was like, this guy is so full of it. It's not even funny. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and real perception is, I got you figured out really quick. You That's think the day you fooled every everybody. kid failed their, their quiz. Exactly. Their every one of those kids did terrible in biology and history. And <laughs> You're a horrible, horrible man. No. <laughs> so there was one other comment uh, from Amy's book that I really loved, uh, that presence, having presence is not about appearing competent, but believing and revealing your abilities that you truly have. So going back to that fake it till you make it thing, that's not what presence is about, which a lot of people think it is. It's like, I'm going to fake it till I make it. I'm going to fake it until they think I'm about this. And the reality is people can see through fake competence. Right. You know, we can tell when you're puffing up. We can tell when you really don't have the capability. You might be able to pull the wool over somebody's eyes for maybe the first day. But if you don't back it up ASAP, like right away, then people are going to see it and then people are going to start talking about you behind your back. And eventually there's a case made to, to get you fired sometimes. Yeah. And we're not talking <laughs> about maybe you're hearing this and going, you know, I, you're doubting yourself. And we're not talking about that where, you know, we've all been there. It's like everybody's going to no, figure I out I'm a fraud. And, <laughs> and it's like they're going to figure out I'm not as smart as they think they are. We're not talking about that. We, we're talking about people who legitimately are pretending yeah. to be an expert or knowledgeable in a certain situation as opposed to going home and doing the homework. You know, maybe you told yeah. somebody, hey, I, I can help you with that. And then you ran home and Googled and YouTubed for the whole night and learned how to do it. That's different yeah. than saying everybody's going to figure out I'm a fraud. We've all doubted ourselves at different periods of time. But if you do the work and you build up that confidence in some legitimate practice and time, oh, yeah. you'll have that confidence to have this presence of mind to answer all of those and, questions. And having presence is showing up with what you have. Right. And knowing you have it and confidently know how to use it, whatever it is. Right. Um, now I know like some of the guys who listen to the show are like, <laughs> like no guys, no, that wasn't what I was talking about. But anyway, um, yeah, you, you've got skill sets, you've got tools, you've got capabilities. And so when, when you show up with presence, you show up knowing you've got it. So like my subject matter experts who come up and they're scared to talk in front of people, I always remind them, you are the expert in this room. Trust me, there is nobody in this room who knows more than you do. You went to college for six years, got a bachelor's and a master's in this topic. That's why you're in the position called senior blah, 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 yep. um, because you are the go-to person on this topic. And then, you know, like an hour later, I've got another presenter and she's nervous about her topic. I'm like, no, you've got the job title of this because you had these qualifications and it's because you have 10 years of experience in this particular field. Nobody else in this room has that experience. Trust me, I've got the roster and I know everybody's background uh, up to a point. And any question that comes up, you know how to answer because you also know the policies of this organization. They don't. So get in there. You got this. So, so be speaking of being present, I need to go be present someplace else. 
So that's the wrap-up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I just came up with that. <laughs> um, is that going to be your final? I'll, I'll let that be your final word. That's what I'll do. <laughs> so if you liked everything you heard in this episode, you can check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 117. There you'll find a link to Amy Cuddy's book, Presence. But if you just go to beyondtherut.com slash presence, P-R-E, S-E-N-C-E. Uh, that'll take you straight to Amazon.com where you can download a copy of the book for yourself or purchase a copy if you love the good old-fashioned print copy. Uh, let's see. Whatever else we talked about in this episode, I'll link back into it uh, in the show notes. And then uh, let's see here. If you haven't subscribed to us, iTunes, oh Stitcher, Google Play Music, I haven't even asked What's for that wrong with you? in years. People. Um, so yeah, subscribe, man. In fact, if your neighbor next to you isn't subscribed to our show and they are dumb enough to not password protect their phone, get on there, get into their um, podcast app and just subscribe for us. I know that's crossing lots of boundaries and borders and you know social Epic. faux pas like crazy, but you're doing it for them. Really, and it's for the children. It's for the children. For save the, children. the dogs and, and the children. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you save the world. You might even stop global warming. Maybe not. But. There are people <laughs> suffering. There's some fake science going on right now. Uh, in any case, the best way you can support our show is to share us with a friend, a family member, Malember, uh, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. So go ahead and do that. Tell them about our show. Send them the link. Um, don't don't send them a virus because those are bad. Yeah. And um, we'll catch you on the next episode, which is next week. Oh, um, beyond the rut. Yeah, yeah. So check out our website. And uh, until we hear from you again, or until we connect with you again, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.